This podcast is brought to you by Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Hi, this is Vicka. Hi, this is Linda Bull, and you're listening to Gavin Wood's podcast. For over three decades, the Bull sisters have been singing all over Australia and overseas. The brilliant individual voices and sibling harmony has made them a national treasure. Vicar and Linda, it's a great pleasure for me to have you on my podcast. Hello, Vicar and Linda. Hello, Gavin. You did that in harmony. I love it. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, I, I've been wanting to talk to you for a very long time. Uh, of course, uh, three albums with Joe Camilleri and the Black Sorrows, eight studio albums, two live albums, and the uh, anthology album as well. Um, and then... Uh, the, uh, you sung on number one albums for Paul Kelly, Casey Chambers, John Farnham. You, su- you sung for the Dalai Lama, Nelson Mandela, and the King of Tonga. Uh, I'll just get. Uh, I'll just go through this uh, and uh, get it out of the way, so we can have a chat. Uh, nominated for six Aria Awards, and in 2022, awarded the Medal of the Order of Australia for services to performing arts. Not bad for Sisters from Doncaster. (laughs) Pretty good achievement, I reckon, Gavin. (laughs) I think you girls have done very well, although it's been a journey, hasn't it? I mean, it started uh, a while back there. Well, it has. Uh, It's true. Yeah. Go, Vic. Yeah. We started um, probably in the business when I was about 17, and then sort of when Linda left uni, we were singing in various bands around Melbourne, and we sort of went from there. So mum was kind of the catalyst to get you, and also the church, I'm sure, to get you into singing in those early formative years? Well, we just, think, that's the way we grew up. I don't think she wanted us to be singers. No, but she, she one thing she did want us to do was to sing in tune, which is why she taught us how to sing in harmony and how to hold our notes and how to sing in tune. So she was very instrumental in that. And and going to church every Sunday with her and being forced to listen to the Tongan thing, you know, was really good training for young ears. I think I might be Tongan, you know, because I, I love to have fun. I love to laugh. I love to sing. <laughs> I love to eat. But I'm a little slow on the praying department. <laughs> oh, that's okay. So are we. Join the club. <laughs> uh, we're all lapsed. Okay. So the tight harmonies, did you realise earlier on that you had something special between the two of you? Yeah, I think I did, Garen. Vicar and I, you know, because we're only 17 months apart, so we shared a bedroom, we're always together, you know, everything we did, we listened to the radio together, watched Countdown together, and we would, so we would sing along together. And I think the first time I realised that we had something was at a family concert. We had to go up to Wollongong and sing with Dad's family. Dad's Australian. You know, those concerts where everyone has to get up and do something, either a magic trick or sing a song, whatever. Yeah. We sang a song and we sang a song, Kookaburra Sitsi on Gum Tree, from the, the songbook that would go around to primary schools in the day, Let Us Sing. Yeah. So it was a different arrangement, quite quite tricky. And the vicar and I could do it quite easily. And when we sang it, I remember seeing the family and, and all of them sitting there going, oh, that was actually passable. You know, it wasn't atrocious. But I knew that it was okay. And I thought, okay, this is fun. The reaction from the family was the one. Now, your singing debut was uh, Everything is Hunky Dory, Children of the Lord. Where and when did that happen? It happened in church. It was the Wesleyan Church. How old were you? We were just like four and five, maybe younger, three and four. And we had our pink dresses on and mum dressed us up and she, she, she got up there and she held the microphone for us and... 
taught us little dance moves and we got up there and performed to the congregation. Oh, that's just beautiful. Yeah. Well, she well, was into the showbiz, wasn't she? She knew we had to look good and sound good. It wasn't just one, one or the other. It was both, you know. She's she's cool like that. Our mum's really cool. She wanted to make sure, you know, everything was just right. We couldn't embarrass her because mum was actually a great singer herself. She's she's. She was uh, back in Tonga. She was the soloist in the church choir. A very, very powerful voice to cut through. Well, the both of you have amazing voices. A lot of clips of uh, Vicar and Linda are on YouTube, and uh, I was watching them last night. And your voices are just—they're astounding. They really are. There's no one like the both of you. Well, nice of you to say that, Gavin. I must say, the joy does come in singing in harmony with my sister. It's, you know, that is a different sound, and it's something we have worked on for a long time. Have you ever had a fight? Yes, of course. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like I'm going to referee a fight right now. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of we've had doozies, haven't we, Vic? Yep. We've had doozies on and off stage. So, um, I think in the early days of the Sorrows, singing the Sorrows, we had to kind of get our craft right and we didn't have time to muck around so we could co- often be caught stomping on my foot. Oh. Or elbowing, elbowing <laughs> me in the dark, you know, if we got our parts wrong because, you know, uh, we, we're kind of perfectionists in a way. We don't like stuffing up. But, you know, the bigger fights came later on when involved with management. My, my ex-husband was our manager and that just caused real friction amongst our relationship and we used to f- – it, it was unnecessarily sort of fraught with trouble. And so we just – it was a difficult and horrible time really, but we, we overcame it because we were brought up to say oh, – mum always said, you know, your sister's first and then if you choose to sing, you sing the second. You know, of course we fight, but because we're together all the time and we're with a band, we've kind of learnt that it doesn't create a good environment for everybody yeah. if we are bickering and fighting. So – we need to work really hard at getting along and, and making sure that we do that so that there is sort of some harmony and some peace within the group, you know. Especially when we were um, touring with Paul Kelly, we travelled across America from Washington to New York in a bus for like six weeks. And and I think the bass player, Bill McDonald, in that band couldn't believe how Linda and I didn't fight at all, you know, being sisters and being around together all the time. But that is the reason why, you know, you just, you don't want, you know, that feeling that makes you feel sick in your gut, you know, it's not good for your health. So, yeah, you got to get along. Particularly when you're on a bus and travelling those distances. Yes, that's right. Now, back in 87, when Countdown finished, yeah. you started the uh, the Honeymooners. Tell me about that. Gee. <laughs> um, well, Linda and I were um, we were working at a cafe called the Black Cat Cafe at Brunswick Street, Fitzroy. Yeah, we'd left school and... Uh, we were, were, you know, making coffee and onion burgers and things like that. And we were singing with different bands, getting up and, you know, just jumping up and jamming and things like that. And then we formed a, a group called the Honeymooners, which Henry Mars from The Bachelors from Prague named. And that was just doing covers, basically, singing songs that we loved. Correct, Lulu? That's right. Like, we do difficult songs that we... Because we were so green, we chose really, you know, impossible songs to sing like Spanish Harlem. I mean, anyone that tries to sing that is like <laughs> crazy. I mean, and, you know, a lot of like the old Sam and Dave covers, a lot of songs. Yeah, we did stuff. pick. We pick stupid songs. No, great songs, but but a bit ambitious. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we, we just sort of workshopped them around the pubs of Fitzroy and, 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 and St Kilda. And so anything that got a big cheer, we'd keep. Anything that kind of fell flat, we'd ditch. And the next week we'd replace it with something else. It was really great for our singing. And it was really great for our uh, to kind of cut our teeth in the pubs, you know, because you know the pub scene is brutal, 
And um, and that was good for us. And, and that happened before we joined the Sorrow. So we'd already had a bit of a goal of it, but only for about six months. We weren't going long in that band before we joined the Sorrow. Well, Joe's got a good eye, and obviously he's got a good eye for talent. So he got you in. And and, and hold on to me, the uh, the Black Sorrow song, that took you girls around the world. It, it certainly did. What a song, huh? I think Joe was... I think he was uh, when we walked in there and harmonised with him. He he loved that sound, and he and you know he's a very good musician, Joe, and he he heard it straight away and liked it. So you know the tour was only supposed to go for about six weeks, but you know we had a lot of fun and we ended up hanging around for seven years and had a you know like a lot of success. You know that that lineup of the Sorrows was very. It was huge, you know, it was a big band in Australia, yeah. Yeah, well, you won Best Group in the ARIA Awards because of uh, Hold On To Me. And then Craig Horn wrote, I love this, Vicar and Linda are admired and respected by fans and fellow artists. They are the most loved vocal duo of their generation. And James Rain wrote, Musical life with Vicar and Linda is one that's uh, full of song, soul, harmony and joy. And Paul Kelly says you can be both tough and tender. I think yeah. So. People say nice things, you know. It's like, gee, it's very, it's very humbling. I yeah. think that sums up the two of you. Tobin Brothers believe every life is unique. Every funeral should be too. Visit turbanbrothers.com.au. Hi, this is Vicar. Hi, this is Linda Bull, and you're listening to Gavin Wood's podcast. So uh, in 2016, you, you, you sang the national anthem in front of 100,000 AFL fans. Now, Vicar, that must be a bit daunting when you have all the stage hours that you've had and all of a sudden you've got to go on to the MCG. What's that kind of feeling like? Uh, you feel like a gladiator going into battle. and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because you're very exposed. There's so many people. If you stuff it up, you're going to get crucified. And it was like, okay, we have to really be strong and um, lean on each other and, and make sure we don't stuff this up. And especially doing it a cappella, that wasn't easy, you know, and especially when you're trying to, you know, have the right note in your head while there's 100,000 fans screaming and just want the game to start, you know. So just trying to keep that focus and do a good job. That You know, it's actually, it was really hard work. It was a really hard thing to do. And I don't think I really want to do it again <laughs> because it was stressful. i got to tell you, it was so stressful. I don't know but, if they and, ask the anthem singers to do it twice, do they? No. And, and, but the, ama- the amazing relief that we didn't get killed, you know, that was, that was kind of, we walked off there with our head held. Our heads held high. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're funny girls. What, what was the in-ear sound like? Was there a, you know, like a half a second delay or was it pretty well spot on? Delay. We've seen other people come unstuck doing it and, you know, it's a horrible feeling watching somebody hear the slap back. It's an, it's an amazing delay. So we didn't have in-ears. We just had, like, our natural ears. You know, a lot of the singers have little earpieces. We didn't have them. We just went with that cut. Oh, but we do have fallback, and I think that's where experience comes in. You know, have we never done, you know, a thousand gigs before, or been in that situation where we have experienced delay and all that sort of thing? Yeah, we probably would have come up unstuck, and and so that's why experience is a great thing. It's like you focus. You just got to really ignore the ignore the delay and everything that's happening around you, and just focus on the sing. note and what you've got to actually sing, yeah. I'll get to your Christmas album soon, but I want to talk about The Weight, which is uh, your previous album, which is one of the best albums 
I have ever heard. Um, really? Yeah. Love It Keep Me Waiting, that Chris Cheney song. Fantastic. Uh-huh. I love that. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. It's Paul Kelly's favourite too, Gavin. <laughs> oh, is that? Well, we have taste. That's good. I love the line, here I am at the station and you're already on the train. I, 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 reckon, I reckon when you listen to all the lyrics, you know exactly what you're singing about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, you can write a tree there, Chris Cheney. He certainly can. And I've noticed there's a lot of love in your songs. You know, you really express that. I don't know whether it's a Tongan Australian, but but it's a love message that comes through from a lot of your songs. I guess it is, yeah. And, I mean, that's, like, hard to do because a lot of songs are about love. The, the way that we see it is unique to us. So I thank you for that because the songwriters that wrote songs for us, they were given a brief, but they were – but they also trust us with what we're going to do with their songs and not all of them ended up sounding like they, they were presented to us. So we're very thankful for that. It's a hard thing to write a song. Have you written a song, Gavin? Yes, I have. <laughs> a long time ago. It was called The Moon. And the Moon. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> the moon shone into my room. It shone on my bed. I think I am dead and I have no more loving for you. The light- <laughs> That's when I realised I wanted to become a DJ. (laughs) Fantastic. You know, Gavin, the first song I ever wrote was called Lang Lang Boomerang. (laughs) No, I think mine's worse. We were driving through Lang Lang, weren't we, Lily? Yeah. Yeah. Now, speaking of another song, Pig Face and Calendula. How do you say it? Calendula. Calendula. I love this. You've turned a bit nasty here. Yes. Uh, yes. Bit a little rich bitch. That's right. Dig a little ditch. I don't need the sun. <laughs> so what was that all about? Your pig face and calendula. Um, just to kind of explain that to me okay. because I had a little bit of trouble with that song. Well, well, pig face and calendula is about two flowers, but the metaphor is that it's about people, you know, if you're ignored at the bottom of the garden, you can still grow. You don't need the sun. Ah. You can still shine. And anyone like bit a little rich bitch who ignores you or treats you badly Dig a little ditch because I'm still going to come up through the back of the garden. That's really about, like, rising up, that song. Oh, that's beautiful. It's just opened up to me now, just <laughs> like the flower. <laughs> yeah. But the Wade album is, is full of gems like that. I just adore it. It's, it's one of my favourite albums. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. In the description of Vicar and Linda Bull, there's rock, country, gospel, reggae, R&B, soul, blues, uh, plus a rich... Tongan heritage. I, I think you've covered every genre there, haven't you? Not uh, jazz. Not yeah. yet. Metal, hip hop, jazz, rap. We've got a lot of a lot more bases we need to cover. Now tell me about the Red Hot Summer Tours, which you came out and shone. It looked like a very hot day. The clip up on YouTube, but you've done quite a few of those, and it would be a great experience actually in in front of all those people that just want to be entertained. I tell you what, I think about the Red Hot Summer Tour. It's a very interesting tour to be on because. There's six or seven different bands in the one day. It's a very long day and people that you've got, you know, like 10,000 people there all to see different bands. They come along to see their favourite act. But what they do do is turn up at the start of the day and they actually do listen to every band. And so what you can do is, is that people who come along, like usually we're on sort of around the middle of the day and the people that have come, say, for the Paul Kellys or the Missy Higgins or the you know, the Jimmy Barneses or whoever, 
who probably aren't fans of ours initially, then, you know, they sort of, they sit up and listen and maybe at the end of the gig will become a fan or will sort of go, hang on a minute, I kind of like their music. So that's the interesting thing for me, how, how an audience can kind of change their mind. That's what I found with the Red Hot Summer Tour. It was, yeah. I, I don't know about Lulu, but... I think so too. Yeah. I agree. I think it's a really interesting model. He's done incredible things for regional touring, Dwayne McDonald. Oh, yeah. But sending uh, the, the, the business, the, the amount of money that he um, set, pumps into these regional centres is, you know, somebody give this guy a medal. I mean, it mm. is amazing. Everywhere you go, there's a buzz. People uh, come from miles around with their chairs and, or, and, you know, and sit down and enjoy music, like I said, from the beginning of the day. So it is opening up an audience for people like us, but it's also showing them that, you know, we're willing to come anywhere to play our music. And he gives us – he puts on a great day's entertainment. It's a really great thing that he does. Yeah, Dwayne and all his production staff are fantastic. I noticed the sound is also perfect. That's good. There'd be nothing worse than going out and the sound would be, you know, kind of not that good, but to, to actually stand right down the back and hear every word and hear every note – the sound is brilliant. Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. That's good to hear because we don't get to hear it from out the front, you know, but yeah. to, get, to have that feedback. Don't you hear it in the fallback? Yeah, but, no, but we can't. It doesn't sound the same out the front like what we're hearing on stage. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, we just have ourselves in our fallback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all about you girls. Now, how long, how long have the both of you been doing Rock Wiz? Because that's a great little gig to have. Oh, we've been doing it for a few years. Um. There was a, a stint there where we we were part of the orchestra, the Rockwoods Orchestra, and and that was a very intense because it was recording a couple of shows a day. It was lots of songs we had to learn, lots of harmonies. It was really great, kind of keeping our brain and our chops up. You know, it was, and and also getting to harmonise with lots of different people and especially the young up-and-coming kind of talent. It was interesting seeing that come through. Mm. Rockwiz is great fun. You know, the, the great thing about Rockwiz is that the the group of people that you work with, Brian and Julia and, and the orchestra then and the producers, they're all such lovely people. Mm. Very rare that there's no one that's annoying. They're all just really yeah. – it's a joy to go to work. Mm. Well, the good thing when you do a show like that, I, and I remember Molly and I in Countdown, all we wanted to do was do a good show. Oh, you did. You did. Every week. It was fantastic. It was our favourite show, Gavin. You know this, Gavin, but for kids that are growing up in the suburbs like Doncaster, like we were, life stood still when Canton came on. Everyone that's cleared out of the court, dumped their bikes on the thing, ran inside and plonked themselves in front of the TV. If you're music fans like we were, that was all we had, that 3XY. We just couldn't get access to what was going on otherwise. So, you know, thank you because... Kind of saved our lives out there. And your voice too. Your voice in the back. You know the voice. You know you introduce the bands and everything, and that was very comforting too, Gavin. You know having that every week. Oh well, thank you, thank you very much. I think the the doing breakfast at three XY kind of helped that. But look, uh, just just think, you're in Doncaster, right? Watch, watching Countdown, listening to me. Yeah. And and I'm living in Doncaster East. No, no way. I was just off George Street. Yes. Get out. So I was just around the corner from you, so, and you didn't know. Probably, oh, you were so lucky. We probably, we, probably <laughs> past, we probably walked past your house on the way to church because we used to walk down church, down George Street to get to that 
to the um, Church of England Church there in Doncaster Road. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah, we used to go oh. there too. Yeah. Let's talk about something spiritual, your Christmas album. Oh. Yes, gee whiz, it's Christmas. Who came up with that line? Oh, it's a song. It's a song on the um, on the record. Oh, okay. Was it a Slade song, Ramones song, Wizard song, or Tom Petty song? No, no, no. Um, Carla, Carla Thomas. Is it Carla Thomas? Yeah. Gee whiz, it's Christmas, and we thought that's the title. As soon as yeah. we heard the song, we thought that's the title. And it's out for Christmas this year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We'll be doing a concert too on the 9th of December. December. Right. Last year we put the record out and then we did a concert at the Recital Centre and it went so well we're going to do it again. That's good. Yeah, because it's not like a traditional Christmas album. It's kind of like our favourite rock and roll. It's, it's got, you know, Elvis songs. It's got uh, Slade. It's got um, Tom Petty. It's got the Ramones. The Ramones. Being an old rocker, what's the Slade song? Are you hanging up the stock? You know, was that the one? You turn up on your sleigh. So here it is. Merry Christmas. Everybody's having, having fun. fun. It's a joyous Christmas record that you can dance to. That's what we wanted to make. Well, I'm glad because uh, there's too many stuffy Christmas albums out there. You've got to have a bit of fun with Christmas, haven't you? Well, oh, yeah. And that's, what, that's why we wanted to have uh, do the concert again at the Recital Centre because it's so much fun to do. And it, I mean, there's a couple of traditional songs there, but... It's mainly just about rocking around the Christmas tree, really. <laughs> Any song can be played at a funeral. What would you like? Visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Hi, this is Vicar. Hi, this is Linda Bull, and you're listening to Gavin Wood's podcast. Now, from Doncaster to the top of the charts. Now, Vicar, you've done some theatre shows like the uh, Edda James story, Let's Get It On, the Marvin Gaye story, and Tapestry, the Carol King story. Yeah. And Lulu, <laughs> Linda... You've been doing Stardust and songs from Willie Nelson. And do you enjoy that part of entertainment? Yes. <laughs> no, I, I, Linda, not know, so much, but Vicar, yes. <laughs> no, it's it, yes because you get to study, you know, the back catalogue of those great artists, right. and and discover maybe you know hidden gems that you didn't know that they recorded or wrote and you get to learn about their life and go dive really deep. You know, if you're going to be a singer or, you know, any kind of musician, you need to study the greats and then find out why someone like Edda sang so well or, you know, especially and also Carol King riding with her husband and, and how she, they would go to work every day, treated it like a job. They'd go to the Brill building and, and you know, just spend their whole day writing hits and how they had that knack, how they could do that. And so that's what I enjoy about doing shows like that. I don't like the tribute thing so much. I think you can you can get a little you can get a little dangerous. But that's what I like about it. Just discovering oh, yeah. yeah, go on Lulu. No, I mean I think it's got a very good point. It is a deep dive into the artist itself and I think that's if you can take that away, that's great. Mm. But if you skim over the top and just take the you know, the the gossip out of their lives and make it sort of don't honour their story. That's trouble. That's troublesome. It's a bad road to go down. And I really do enjoy. Um, I love Willie Nelson's music. I always have as a kid. But what I find interesting as an artist is the way it's different to just sitting on stage and singing your own songs. There's underscore and there's script and there's stand here and don't stand there. Where you're doing that? It was, it's like a, it's a theatre theatrical production, which I think helps you learn new skills. And I mean, I think I noticed. The, the growth in Vicar's performance when she did Edda for seven years and came back to our own band and 
the, the evolution that she went through was incredible. It really helped me step up too. She had a different way of performing that was much more polished and professional, still raw, but much more together. And I really, you know, we went with that. That changed both of our, our performance styles from, from her experience in Edda. Definitely. It was a good thing. Excellent. Well, well done. And also well done on heading in the right direction. Oh, like that. Fantastic version, and Renee would be would have a big smile up there because you've done you've done a proud. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, I, I don't know. I hope so because we've seen both sides to Renee. You know. <laughs> oh, we all have. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, you would have. <laughs> you would have yes. slapped. <laughs> I toured with Renee, and man. <laughs> That's when you had to pull your head in and, and look the other way a few times. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, she was an absolute darling. And, um, and, and yeah, she had she a, was, she had a yeah, heart of gold. And, uh, and, and for you to cover Heading in the Right Direction, I was really chuffed when I heard it because you did a great version. Thank you, Gavin. So uh, you. do you girls have a, a merch? All girls must have a merchandise store. Yes. <laughs> and what's the, what's the website? Is it vicarandlinda.com.au? <laughs> vicarandlindabull.com.au Yes, it's one of those. vicarandlindabull.com.au Yes. Where you can go and buy all the albums. Yes. And also the book. Buy no. T-shirts and tea towels and you can buy the book. and No bull? Yeah. You can yeah. buy vinyl, you can buy a CD. You girls have got it going. Yeah. Are you girls in a happier place now than what you were, say, 15 years ago? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it shows. I really do. Do you think? I'm so glad you say that because, you know, because 15 years ago we were 40 and, you know, I always thought that I would have been retired by 40. I don't know why I thought that. I just thought, <laughs> would I be a singer when I'm 40, when I start out when I'm 20? And I thought, no, probably not, you know, because I was so used to seeing – Female artists, in particular, kind of go be be cast aside because of their age. Mm. So I just sort of accepted that, and then I thought, what a stupid thing to accept. Yeah. That's not right. No. And and Vicka never stopped. And and there's lots of people around us that were just still doing it, and you know, never quit. And so it is great to be have had the success we've had later in life because it proves that point wrong. I'm really happy. I think it's great. We're having a great time. Well, it looks like it. With you girls on stage, I'm going to ask you ten questions. Oh no! Yes, yes. Uh, um, without notice, without notice. <laughs> okay. of course. Now, Vicar, who who inspired you to make music? The Tongan Choir. Now, Linda, what have you learnt over your musical journey? Trust your instincts. Read contracts. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be late. Don't be late. <laughs> Don't be late. I love it, uh, Vicar. Uh, what was the effect of Countdown to your career? The effective countdown in my career was massive. It was like it was inspiring, it was interesting, it was different, it was just exciting. It was, I was just, uh, it just opened up my world to what uh, a different life, you know, from being a little kid growing up in the suburbs and seeing these rock stars in their, in their satin and their, you know, beautiful outfits. It was like making incredible music and, 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 and the variety was just eye-opening for me. It was – that's all I can say. It was incredibly exciting. Now, Linda, if you could open up a show for any artist, who would it be? 
Oh gosh, what a question! Probably Linda Ronstadt. I would love to work. I would love to see her sing and, and open up for her. Yeah, uh, Vicar. Yes. Name three dinner guests, dead or alive, and Linda, you could probably help Vicar with this one. <laughs> oh God! Oh yeah, I know Linda's already. Well, um, <laughs> go on, Lily. You want to go? First? Mel Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you see, I, I I would invite Dave Chappelle. Mm, all comedians so far. Yeah. yeah funny, funny like people. Funny Tina people. Turner. Yeah. Uh, he's my other one. I had a list the other day. I can't remember who they were. Prince. Didn't you, yeah, okay. Prince. All right. Prince. That's a, that, that would be good enough. That's enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah two musicians, two comedians. How's that? Yeah, that's a good split. Yeah. yeah. Now, Linda, uh, what, what's your favourite song to perform? Oh, boy, Kevin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> pick one. Go on, just pick one. Okay. When will you fall for me? I don't know. That's an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is that the song? Oh, sorry. That's a song, Gavin. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Now, Vicar. Yes. What is the most trouble you've ever gotten into? Oh, shit. Oh. I got chucked in the back of a Divi van taken to Russell Street Police Station. That's the most trouble I've ever been in. Was it uh, drink-related or fight-related? Yes. Oh, good girl. By fighting and drinking. <laughs> oh. Boy, did you get the right person the right question, <laughs> Oh, dear. Linda, if you could change anything about the music industry, uh, what would you do? I'll give more, more royalties to the musicians that write the songs. I mean, only play them on the radio or on Spotify or anything like that. Yeah. Throw, throw them all money, please. Thank you very much. Get rid of all those zeros, like point zero 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 one. Yeah, 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 yep. Mm. Vicar, what's the best show that you've ever done? Oh, oh the best show. That's hard. It's really hard, you know, not necessarily the big ones. You know, the little ones are just as good as the big ones. Um, uh, you know, probably singing on the lawn at the palace for the king of Tonga because mum was there. It was a lot of uh, protocol but just the honour of that because mum, you know, just made her proud and I think just showing her that uh, – uh, because she didn't want us to be singers. So I think that moment was like, okay, probably one of the best. She would have been so proud. And also, was she there back in uh, 2022 when you got your Order of Australia? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would yeah. have been yeah. another that was proud great for day. them. Yeah. 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 They were both there. They came to, the, to, to see it all happen and, yeah, that was good. Do you still wear your medal to the bathroom? Yep. <laughs> yeah, we we wear them when when we have to wear them. It's good, you know. We and they're, they're nice. They look good. They look good on a jacket. They certainly do. They certainly do. Yeah. Certainly do. And congratulations! It's a it's a fantastic honour. Yes, it is an honour. Final question: I'm going to ask the both of you, Vicar, what have you learnt, and what would you pass on to a young, hopeful musician? What have I learnt? Well, I've learnt so much. It's like. Uh, You've just got to listen to your gut. You've got to follow follow your instincts, but you have to be very careful. You have to, like Linda said, you know, make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's and don't get ripped off. Don't let anyone rip you off. Read the contract. Read the contract. It's a contract. Yeah. Linda, mm. what have you learnt and what would you pass on to a young, hopeful musician? Well, I think if, you, if you're interested in music and you've got a creative spirit, like a creative uh, – you know, burning desire to be 
a musician, a singer, whatever it is, songwriter, that to trust your instinct and to surround yourself with good people that will steer you in the right direction and tell you the truth. I think that's really important because if you've already chosen that path, you know you've got some some talent. And don't let people talk you out of that talent mm. or trusting trusting mm. what that actually is. And, yes. and so getting those people in the room and, and having that right those right people around you is very difficult. But once you get them, uh, to listen to them. To, to don't just get them and then ignore them. Get them and listen to them, yeah. Well, ladies, I have been a big fan and I've listened to you way back in the uh, Black Sorrows days and I still am a fan. I love your music. And uh, long may you uh, continue to make good music and uh, enjoy life. Thank you, Gavin. Gavin. We certainly will. This podcast brought to you thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives every day of the year. Hi, this is Vicar. And this is Linda Bull. And you're listening to Gavin Wood's podcast. podcast. Let's do that again. One more. You say. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll go and you're listening to and you go. Yeah. Okay. Hi, this is Vicar. And this is Linda Bull. And you're listening to... Gavin Woods. What, Linda, you said you're going to say you're listening to... Oh, no, to no, you say yeah. Gavin Woods podcast. I'm loving this. I'm oh, loving okay, this. Great. This is good. <laughs> Gavin, this is... You know what? This is, this is like, this is like you know, a kid trying to paint a picture in front of freaking Picasso. You know, you can't do a voiceover yeah, in front of yeah, you. Yeah, voiceover in front of Gavin no, Woods. Oh, God. You're going well. Baby, no, you're going well. I'm loving it. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, this this. is awful. Okay, go. Okay. Hi, this is Vicar. Hi, this is Linda Bull, and you're listening to Gavin Wood's podcast. Yay! (laughs) Huge round of applause and a few (laughs) woo-woo-woos. Good on you, girls. Great to catch up with you. It's been an absolute pleasure. All the very best. I love you both. Thank you so much, Gavin, for your time. Thank you.